With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ciao e buongiorno da Roma. Yes, it's the Travel Show. I'm Larry Gelwicks, and I am in Rome, Italy today. The Travel Show is sponsored by Norwegian Cruise Line, the home of freestyle cruising, and Morris, Columbus Travel, where you always travel more and pay less. Carlos Fida, the Argentinian gaucho himself, is back in studio at home, resting comfortably in his advanced years in Salt Lake City. Thank Carlos, you, Larry. <laughs> bienvenidos to Travel Show. Gracias, Señor Larry. You know, I, I've got quite a travel schedule. Now, last Saturday, I was in Jerusalem, and I, mm-hmm. I talked to you from uh, Jerusalem. And then I actually flew home, got uh, back, what, Sunday— and then on Wednesday, I, f- I flew to Rome. Just to change clothes only. That's why I heard there home. was some good pizza here. <laughs> no, that's no, about no, no, it. No. So, you know, people say, why didn't you stay there? I had too much things to do. So I had three days back here uh, at home. And then on Wednesday, flew to Rome. And uh, we have a group of 400 people, Mm. and we're spending uh, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday in Rome uh, and doing all of the things. We'll talk about some of the exciting things. Rome, the eternal city, is one of the great cities of the world, and Mamma Mia, the food is good. (laughs) It's muy delicioso. I know I'm sorry I slipped into my native (laughs) Spanish. But... uh, Then we're going to board a Royal Caribbean cruise ship. It's a 12-day cruise. Uh, Next week, I'll actually be at sea with advanced technology. I can talk to you uh, over the airwaves uh, when I'm at sea. And I will have just left Haifa. We're going to spend three days in uh, Israel. i got to tell you, this cruise itinerary is fantastic. We leave from the port city of Civitavecchia. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to get that cruise ship all the way up to Rome, being an hour-plus drive away. And we visit Cyprus, which we, uh, we're going to be visiting Cyprus and Greece and Turkey and Israel, including three days in Israel. We dock at Ashdod, which is down near Jaffa, where Jonah turned down his mission call and um, went on a cruise. <laughs> yeah, but it was not. It was an outside cabin, or uh, no? Was it was an inside cabin, <laughs> and it was it was with uh, whale cruise lines. <laughs> and uh, but anyway, and then uh, we what we're planning to do is leave the ship for three days, and the ship stays stays docked at Ashdod. And then the last day moves up. 
to Haifa. And so we're going to go to Jerusalem and Jericho, the Sea of Galilee, see all of these things that I was just at last week. (laughs) And then board the ship in Haifa. And from Haifa, uh, we sail and we visit Naples back to Civitavecchia, disembarking on May 18th. But I'm going to stay an extra day because we have a whole group of people. Total group is 400. We have a big group of people that want to see Florence. And you know they have a high-speed train from Roma to Florence. It's like an hour and 15 minutes or something I did that, Larry. It's very easy, very comfortable to be there. Yeah, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Now, your family, your heritage, although you were born and raised— uh, in uh, Argentina. Not you, in Mexico. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> in Argentina. I'm being respectful today. <laughs> okay. And you served in the uh, Argentinian Navy mm-hmm. in that failed attempt to steal the Falkland Islands from Mother England, my of home. Of course. Uh, yes. yes, Larry. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> Rub anyway, it in. <laughs> thank you very much. Anyway, um, what part of Italy did you, does your family, your heritage hail from? My father is my mother is from Venice and my father from Calabria, southern oh, southern yeah, Italy. Yeah, you're gonna be there very close. Yeah, yes, we will be. It's I think that's a little further south than Naples. Yes, it is. But uh, Venice, while we won't be going to Venice, you know it's interesting. During the peak season now, they're limiting the number of tourists or visitors that are allowed into Venice. In in the peak of the peak. You even have to make a reservation to get in. They're just saying we're so overwhelmed, we can't service all of these people. And Venice is a beautiful city. I love it. Yes. Yes. Uh, You know, some of the things that I'm looking forward to, uh, every time I come to Italy and this last trip, the last three days here in Rome, by the way, we're eight hours ahead. So it is shortly after 11 a.m. in uh, Salt Lake City. And so it's shortly after 7 p.m. Uh, it's not sundown yet, but the sun is dipping in the sky. Still time to go out for a wonderful day. You know, the food is different over here. It really is different. And people say, well, how is it different? It tastes different. You know, they don't overcook the pasta. They know al dente. They, mm-hmm. It just has the slightest chew to it. And we tend here in the United States to oversauce foods. Yes. Where they they will ask what type of pasta. Have you ever gone to a restaurant and asked what flour is used in this pasta? You know, where did it come from? Because different pastas, different flours have a different taste. And what their emphasis is in Italy is – the sauce is a perfume. It accents the pasta. I want to taste the pasta here. All we can taste is bolognese sauce or marinara. Uh, we tend to oversauce things. Well, the the pasta, you know, the <coughs> pasta, it, like you said, Larry, it depends on the flour. But mostly the pasta, the pasta that we eat from Italy, which is imported here, is semolina. It's very different from the regular. Uh, flour that you can buy at the stop. That makes the pasta 
it never overcooks. I mean, you have to boil it and boil it. But if al dente is they the know when way. to take it out. Exactly, it's like a science. Well, just by touching it with a fork, you know, you know if it is al dente or if it is overcooked. Do you know we used? To, I used to do this in college when we would kick spaghetti. We would take a piece and throw it at the wall. That's another way to do it. I know. It. You yes, can find yes. out if it's done. Well, you know, one of, there's so many things here in Rome. Rome is a city of seven hills. There's no downtown like, well, a Union Square or no. a Times Square. The, it's Things are placed all over the city. And, of course, the Vatican is a wonderful stop. St. Peter's Basilica, the Vatican Museum— the Sistine Chapel, Michelangelo's Pieta, one of my favorite statues, if not my favorite. Uh, there's, you know, Michelangelo did so many uh, statues, but I think my three favorite, in no particular order, is um, Saint uh, Pietro in Vincoli, Saint Peter in Chains. Mm-hmm. That's uh, in a church there, and you, it looks like he has horns. That's uh, Moses. Yes, that's the big statue yeah, seated yeah. of Moses. Right. right. Uh, uh, and the horns are to represent illumination. Uh, it's San Pietro, San Pietro in Vincoli. And it's the church. That's the name of the church, St. Peter in Vincoli. It's up the hill from the Colosseum. But yes, it's also known as Moses in Change. And then, of course, the famous Larry statue. That's no. at the Academia Museum in Florence, the David statue. Do you know that took three years to build? 17 feet tall, 1501 to 1504. It weighs over 12,000 pounds. And with the amazing thing, he was only 26 years old when he did the David statue. And it's from a single piece of marble. And what Michelangelo said is he sees the finished product, the finished statue in a block of marble. And his job is simply to re- remove the excess marble. Now, it's exciting to know that it is there and it is in one piece. You imagine that during the war, if they have bombed Florence oh my or goodness. Rome or any other place, there would be nothing there to yeah. see, honestly. And that statue is called the David statue. It's David who, uh, biblical David, who slew Goliath. And you'll notice that um, his right hand is out of proportion. That was, deli- he has a sling, he has rocks in the right hand, but the right hand is out of proportion. It was a very clever nod on Michelangelo's parts to the David's nickname. Manu Fortis, which means strong of hand. And I know this is a family show. There's another feature on the statue that is different, and he did that deliberately so it would not be the focus of the statue. Did mm-hmm. I say that respectfully? You say it very nice. Very, now. very good. You're, you're really reverent no, today. And the other one uh, uh, is uh, the Pieta, the, the Mary with the... Uh, the crucified son there. When we come back here on the uh, travel show, we're going to be talking about Alaska. Stay tuned. Buongiorno. 
and welcome to The Travel Show. As I told you in the last segment, today I'm in Rome, Italy, and overloading on pasta. I've got my carbs set up for the next year. I'm joined by Carlos Fida, Director of Latin American Sales at Morris Columbus Travel, the good sponsor of the show. I'm Larry Gelwix, the globetrotter, the getaway guru, and people ask me if I ever come home. Well, maybe Kathy says, ah, you're going to stay there, Larry. Not as long as the arrest warrant is in place <laughs> okay, uh, do okay. I not come home. You know, you and I were uh, talking several weeks ago on one of my infrequent visits back to Salt Lake City about Alaska. You know, the way I phrase that, Carlos, is there are many places I call one and done. Glad I went. Don't ever have to go back. Like Cleveland. You know, <laughs> yes. But there are other places we go to again, again, and again. Usually doing the same thing, seeing the same things, and we can't wait to get back. For you, that is Peru. Correct. Everything yes. <laughs> about Peru. How many times have you been to Peru? Over sixty times, I think, in forty-five years. And what would you say are just a few of the absolute must see and do in Peru? Well, you know, everybody wants to see Cusco and Machu Picchu. That's in the back That's of, list the of list everybody. Of but Valley. you know what? You, you talk about going again and again. Every time I have gone to Peru, seeing the same things, the feeling is different. The people are there different. The dances, the music, the colorful dresses, everything is different. So it's it, a new yeah. experience, even if you are there 50, 60 times in so many years. You know, there's two other places that I would put on my must-see list. One is the village of Pisac. Yes. It's, I mean, the, the Andes Mountains are just exploding. It's kind of uh, near Cusco, the Sacred Valley. Mm -hmm. The other is Manu National Biosphere, UNESCO World Heritage Site. You get yourself to Puerto Maldonado. Mm -hmm. Correct. And then uh, up the river with a paddle for, I don't know what, an hour no, or Not so. with a paddle. We have a nice oh, motorboat. And then you stay in a jungle lodge. Some of the best Amazon viewing is actually in Peru. We always think Brazil. And Brazil uh, is wonderful. Go into Manaus, go up the river, see the convergence of the two rivers. But Manu, M-A-N-U, folks, Google Manu Biosphere Peru. And, I mean, the number of species that are there and the jungle atmosphere and we stay in, in a lodge and go out on walking and game drives with indigenous natives. You know, people always say, well, I want to go and see the Amazon, the main Amazon, which is in Iquitos. It's almost two hours and a half, um, you know, by plane. But I said, well, you know, the big river, the big river at that time in, Iqu in Iquitos is a highway. It's a highway. Big ships go back and forth, you know, from oil transport to fruit and to You don't get the that, wilderness feel no, in Iquitos. No, you don't, because the, the closer you are to the river, the noisier it is. You know, you have in, um, I think it is, yeah, it is in Thailand. You have these little boats with a long... Long tailboat. A long tailboat, you know. Up the Cook River uh, that's into right. a national you know, park. This little, this little device, you know, that is a propeller, of course, it's a, called Peque Peque in, in Peru. And it takes you all, when the water is very, very shallow, they lift this, this uh, 
stick, you know, with the yeah. propeller, and they continue navigating. That is a big difference. Well, it's to me, Manu is the place if you want to see the best of the of the Amazon. The Amazon. Yeah. Well, you know, another place that I can't wait to get back to is Alaska. America's last frontier. There's a rawness. There's a primal life about Alaska. And you were telling me one of your favorite stops. Well, I remember, you know, quite a few years ago, I went and I did this, uh, you know, inside channel, you know. The, the inside passage. The inside passage, which was beautiful, and the stops were beautiful. I remember my wife enjoyed that tremendously. We were on our 25th wedding anniversary there when we did that. And I liked everything because it was so different. You know, it's not overpopulated. This is not like going to, like you said, going to Cleveland or, or anywhere else. And that's what I like about the solitude, the moments, you know, when the evening, when the sun sets. It's wonderful. You're surrounded by water. The water doesn't move because you are in the inside passage, obviously. Right, so you right. have the best of the best. You know, depending on your cruise itinerary, I think that's the best way to see Alaska. You can go extend with a land tour but a cruise is is just the best way to do it now you'll see the inside passage and i think alaska is the best cruise for someone who hasn't cruised before or has a sensitivity to motion sickness yeah because except for one day you have land on both sides of you. There's been times I've had to look out the window to see if we're moving because it is so calm. Well, I'll be taking a group of travel show listeners August 12th to the 19th this year to Alaska. And what is so incredible is the prices. We secured these prices with the Princess Cruises on one of their newer ships, the Royal Princess. I've sailed on a fabulous ship. An inside cabin starts at just $748 plus tax. That is pure insanity. It's typically 1000 to 1100 But you want the balcony, typically about 1800 to 2200 in the peak of peak season, which August is. Rate start for a balcony cabin is just $1,398 plus tax. This is the year to go to Alaska. And when we come back... I will tell you why the Alaska prices are so low this year. It's a one-year and one-year deal. The other thing I want to share with you, the only thing better than cheap is free. Uh, We are participating in a giveaway with KID Radio in Idaho Falls, one of our affiliate stations that uh, tunes in the travel show, and we are giving away a free Alaska cruise on my cruise date. And, uh, I mean, it's just a fat. Somebody's going to win it. Fabulous offer. Somebody's going to win it. And to our listeners, it may as well be you. So when we come back, I'm going to tell you how to register. Nothing to buy. Register for a free Alaska cruise here on The Travel Show. Welcome back to The Travel Show. I'm Larry Gelwicks, the getaway guru. 
joined by my amigo, Carlos Fina, Director of Latin American Sales, our Argentinian gaucho himself. The Travel Show is sponsored by Morris Columbus Travel, where you always travel more and pay less, and Norwegian Cruise Line, the home of freestyle cruising. You can get a hold of the travel experts at Morris Columbus Travel at 800-395-2608. That's 800-395-2608. Or go online to the Morris Columbus website, morriscolumbus.com. That's morriscolumbus.com. You know, uh, Carlos, we were talking earlier about the David statue that uh, <laughs> Michelangelo carved 1501 to 1504. He was only 26 years old. And I mentioned, I think my three favorites are the Pieta. By the way, he was 23 years old when he carved the Pieta statue, which is in St. Peter's Basilica. It's Mary holding the crucified body of her son, Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it is a moving experience. He was 23 when he did that. It was um, took two years, 1498 to 1499. You have many others like the Madonna of Bruges, uh, very, very different, um, and others. But I mentioned maybe my three favorites were the David statue, the Moses in Chains, uh, which is in the San Pietro in Vincoli, That's the name of the church, Mm -hmm. uh, St. Peter in Chains. Um, And then the um, uh, Pieta. Pieta. Uh, Those three. Uh, Kind of an interesting one. And I I, want to say this without being weird or anything, that, you know, his right, as I said, his right hand was oversized. Mm -hmm. And that was very deliberate. And other anatomical parts were undersized. That was very deliberate, so it would not be the focus of the statue. Well, a replica of the David statue was given to Queen Victoria. We are not amused. Queen, in, uh, <laughs> queen Victoria in 1857, and she was the Queen of Prude. Uh, the Duke of Tuscany gave her a statue. Uh, and you know what's interesting about that? This was the teenage... Um, David that slew Goliath, mm-hmm. you know, is that I had always assumed that he probably had a model. He didn't. As I told earlier, he said he would see the finished statue in this block of marble. And it's, it's, uh, it is 17 feet tall. It was a single block. Well, anyway, the replica of David in all of his unnatural glory was given to Queen Victoria. She was so scandalized by the David on Natural that she commissioned a fig leaf to be made from plaster and two small hooks in the lower abdominal area. And she hung yes. a fig leaf on these two hooks over his manhood. So uh, they, they was. Just so say, nobody wants to see that anyway. The, the fig go leaf was, was uh, fastened in a strategic area. <laughs> Did I say that okay? No, that's okay. Very nice, Larry. Oh, lots of fun. Lots you, of fun. Hey, we were talking about Alaska. And this Alaska cruise I have with rates starting at just 748 plus tax. 
August 12th to the 19th. The reason that Alaska rates are lower, it's a one-year anomaly. I mean, they were higher last year, even as we're still in COVID. They're going to be much higher next year. But here's what happened. Cruise ships plan their itineraries a couple of years in advance. And being in COVID and international travel down, they said, well, let's put more ships than we normally do in Alaska because people can still travel domestically. Mm-hmm. And right. so they added not only additional ships to the usual annual complement of cruise ships, but they added bigger ships, more berths, more capacity. Well, you know, COVID's kind of in our rearview mirror now, and people are wanting to travel internationally. You know that 60% of the Google travel inquiries are for international travel right yes. now. And people uh, don't want to go to Brandon as Fun as Brandon is, New York City, Chicago, you'll probably get shot. Uh, who wants to go to Cleveland? I'll tell you, the worst would be Portland. San Francisco. Or my hometown, San Francisco. <laughs> yes. I have a love affair of San Francisco. And by the way, did you know there are 4,557 restaurants in San Francisco? Mm-hmm. If you went to one a day, it'd take you about 12 years so you go have been going them. there forever. Yeah, and I ever. love San Francisco. It's a dirty city right now. I can't in good conscience recommend it. If you stay in the Embarcadero along the uh, ferry building, Pier 39, uh, Ghirardelli Square, you're going to be okay. You venture into the city, all bets are off. How about Los Angeles with the homeless oh. problem? It is a serious, serious problem. But uh, they bet on Alaska big time, the cruise lines. And as a consequence, there is an overcapacity. You know, pricing on anything is pure economics 101, supply and demand. Why is that hot dog at your local convenience store that's been probably rolling on the that grill for months uh, cost you 50 cents? And who knows what's growing on it? <laughs> And you go out to the airport, and that same dog is five bucks. It's supply and demand. Uh, And so that's what it is with Alaska. Folks, it's one of those places you've been to. Let's go back. Come with me, August 12th to the 19th. Balcony cabins start at $13.98. Inside cabins start at $7.48. Interesting about the Royal Princess cruise ship. No ocean view cabins that have a like a picture window. Mm-hmm. No ocean view. It's balcony, inside, and suites. So you take a pick. I should be in a suite, but I'm in, I always do a balcony cabin. Lots of fun there. Now, that is how you get on the cruise. We have a wonderful group. We're going to do our own shore excursions. You mentioned you love the totem parks. Oh yes, that's wonderful. You know, the best art. the best totem parks in the world are in Ketchikan, Alaska. And there's two parks, Sackman Village and Potlatch. They're both wonderful. I kind of prefer the Potlatch for a variety of re- reasons. Now, I promise to tell you how you can get a free cruise. KID Radio in Idaho Falls, biggest talk station in southeastern Idaho. Wonderful people. Uh, great, just, I mean, everything about them. They're just good people. 
From Idaho, of course. Of course they My are. Wife Famous is from potatoes. Idaho. Well, then they even get better. Well, KID Radio and the Black Swan Inn and the Destination Inns, which are themed hotels in Idaho Falls and Pocatello. Like they have the Egypt Room, the Tahiti Room. The uh, Mexico Rio. Room, the Rio Room, the Rio de Janeiro Room, the Hawaii Room, and their big rooms, absolutely fabulous. Destinations Inn and the Black Swan Inn. Larry Fisher and his wife, the owners and proprietors, well, they generously have donated a cruise, an Alaska cruise and it, uh, with, on, your, on, on your my group. cruise. And what you can do is go to... KIDnewsradio.com, KIDnewsradio.com, and register to win the free cruise. No purchase is necessary. No, you won't have to sit through a timeshare presentation or anything like that. Uh, Why not enter? Somebody's going to win it. Oh, I'm sure. I'm hoping it's me. If I No, you will be gone, Larry. (laughs) I'm telling you, if I... Draw the winner, it will be me. Yeah. Guaranteed. But I'm not drawing the winner. You can do that. All right. Well, you know, um, on this cruise that we leave on uh, shortly uh, from Chivitavecchia, I've spent the last three days. I arrived here in Rome on Thursday, and we have a group of 400 uh, travel show listeners that have joined us for a special cruise that includes the singing group Gentry as our private entertainment. Uh, And on um, uh, Saturday, is it next Saturday? No. Uh, Anyway, we spent three days in Israel. They are doing a private concert just for our group right on the Sea of Galilee. What an experience. Oh, my goodness. So we'll see Jerusalem and Jericho the Jordan River Valley will pass Bethbara, where Jesus was baptized. We'll see Capernaum. You know, Capernaum's on the north uh, end of the Sea of Galilee, the uh, uh, Lake Kinneret, the Lake of the Heart, the largest freshwater body in Israel. And more miracles were performed in Capernaum than any other city. And how did the people react? They ran him out of town. They ran him out of town. Yeah. But uh, one of my favorite places is the Mount of the Beatitudes, Matthew yes. 5, 6, and 7. We go to, it's called Primacy of the Rock, John chapter 21, which is Peter, lovest thou me more than these? You have Tabcha right there, the multiplication of the fishes. I love uh, Magdala. You know, they've discovered a first century Jewish synagogue, and the Gospel of Matthew reports that Jesus taught in all of the synagogues in the Galilee area. So certainly he was uh, there. I mean, you have the Valley of Armageddon, Mount Tabor, where the transfiguration took place. Israel is steeped in both secular and religious history. Now, I'm often asked some questions that I will uh, be answering later in the show. For example, you know, I'll give a little of my background. In graduate school, my studies included Hebrew and Coptic, and I've tried to uh, study as much as I can. 
uh, Coptic being one of the Egyptian languages and one of the Egyptian religions. <laughs> but one of the questions the observant Jews, the ultra-Orthodox, uh, you'll sometimes notice they have, I'll call them curlets of hair, called a peyote. Why do they do that? Why do they sway when they pray? Well, I'll answer those questions as we come back for more of the travel show. But coming up next is the one, the only, Senor Carlos Fida, who's going to take us on a journey to the ends of the world here on The Travel Show. Welcome back to The Travel Show. We're so glad that you spend your weekend with us. I'm Larry Gelwicks, the getaway guru, joined by my dear friend of almost 40 years, Carlos Fida, one of, seriously one of the finest men I know. He has a pure heart, a character trait I've never been accused of, but <laughs> we've had fun <laughs> over the years, haven't we, Carlos? Oh, yes, we have. So, Carlos, bienvenido a Travel Show. Gracias, Larry. Sí, sí. Tú y yo hablamos español, pero para los oyentes, por favor, hablemos inglés. Otherwise, we have to move to the other studio where they broadcast everything in Spanish. <laughs> How about that? That's that's right, they do. So, I, I, you know, Carlos doesn't speak English, so I will <laughs> translate for him today. Carlos? Sí, señor. ¿Puede traducir, por favor? Sí. <laughs> Uh, Carlos, great to have you here. You know, uh, Carlos is to Latin America what Dan Hone is to the Middle East and the Holy Land. Carlos is a walking Google on all things in the Middle East. Um, you got a couple in of the pro- Middle East? Uh, excuse me, no. <laughs> in Mid America, <laughs> no, in South America. Hey, it's it's Saturday night here in Rome, and I've had a long day. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, one one of the things that you and Dan Hone are going to do, I've never seen a tour like this, the ancient civilization of Peru, of gods and legends. You'll talk about Viticocha. You know, so, so many cultures have a, a legend, a story, a myth, an account, whatever you want to call it, of a bearded white god that came and visited them. Mm-hmm. People can make their own associations of who, who that might was. have been that you want. But Viticocha is before before the Europeans came to the New World, there was the legend of, of Viticocha. Even before the Incas. Many people attribute this, okay, that was the god venerated by the Incas, by the Inca Empire. Not so. This comes before you know, the Spanish that came there during the conquest, they wrote all these stories that they compilated by visiting the wise men that lived in, in Peru, uh, in the Inca Empire. Uh, you have to remember that there was no written language because there was These no written language. These are oral traditions. There's all traditions. There is a little, <clears throat> there is a sample of how they keep this tradition and how they were remembered. There is a... <clears throat> Like an abaku, it's, a, it's, a, uh, it's like a string 
with other strings attached and different knots that tells you how to start the story. That's how they compile it. You know, one of the things, and people just try to figure this out, okay, there's no written language. The Europeans, the conquistadores... uh, Came. Came. Mm -hmm. And that's a whole other story of how they plundered uh, (laughs) Peru Peru in particular. But the legend of Viticocha, pre-Columbian, even pre-Inca... Pretty Inca. Had a legend that Viticocha, among other things, was the creator of all things. Mm-hmm. And that he became displeased with some of his children or inhabitants. And so he sent a flood to the earth. Correct. And destroyed yes. them with a flood and then came back. And uh, he actually came among them performing miracles. He traveled throughout his creations teaching them uh, moral truths and performing miracles, performing healings. Now, you can make any comparison or none if you want, but it is the similarities with that and biblical accounts cannot easily be dismissed. And they didn't have the Bible. They knew nothing about biblical stories. Now, the other interesting thing is this temple. There is a temple on the way from Cusco to Puno to Lady Ricaca that is built in his honor. Of all the constructions that the Incas had, nothing resembles this particular one. It looks like a huge temple, like the Temple of Solomon with the big columns, you know, is long. And you can see the mosaics there on on the floor. This is something that is so unreal and so different from anything else that you can see in Peru. That, not only that, we visit that particular thing. Then we visit the Oracle of Pachamama, that is very close to to Lima, and then we go north. We see the civilization of the Moche, the Moches that live there. The famous King Tut of South America was coming from that excavation. There's that so there. much down so there. So much. Now to the see. dates on the ancient civilizations of Peru of gods and legends, and it's much more than Viracocha. Dan will be drawing parallels between the ancient civilizations of Peru. Greece, Rome, and Mesopotamia. Uh, And it's amazing. The dates are February 6th to the 19th, 2024. You can get all of the tales on this and all tours by Morris Columbus Travel at morriscolumbus.com, morriscolumbus.com, and then click on Escorted Vacations. And then you click on the geography. Is it Asia? Is it Europe? Is Mm -hmm. it South America? Now, in the next hour, Carlos, I want to introduce a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. It's never been done before, this particular tour. Journey to the ends of the world, which include Argentina, uh, Chile, Chile, the um, Easter Islands. Uh, all of these, and doing some things I've never seen before. That's March of next year. So in the next hour, we're going to give you the details of Journey to the Ends of the World here on The Travel Show.
Welcome back to The Travel Show. Yes, it's hour number two, the best two hours in radio. I'm Larry Gelwicks, the getaway guru, joined by mi amigo Carlos Fida, the Argentinian gaucho and director of Latin American sales at Morris Columbus Travel. The Travel Show is sponsored by Morris Columbus Travel, where you always travel more and pay less, and Norwegian Cruise Line, the home of freestyle cruising. Check out Morris Columbus website, which is easy to remember, morriscolumbus.com. That's morriscolumbus.com. Hey, a couple things. I'm pleased to announce that Morris Columbus Travel is the winner for the third year in a row of the Best of State Award for the number one most effective, most professional travel company, travel agency in the great state of Utah. So a very special congratulations to all of the travel advisors and support personnel at Morris Columbus Travel. You know, one of the things I appreciate is, and it happens several times every week, happened uh, even overseas where people will say, I recognize that voice. Or, you know, I have a weekly gig on KUTV Channel 2, the uh, CBS affiliate for Southern Idaho and Utah, and people may recognize me from that. But I so appreciate uh, listeners of the travel show who come up and say hello, and it's usually I recognize that voice. Uh, That happened to me several weeks ago, and I wanted to give a special shout-out to Lisa in Heber, Utah, that uh, she and her family were at the Dairy Keen restaurant. So it's a burger joint. Really, mm-hmm. really good. Uh, very popular up there in Heber, the Dairy Keen. And she uh, said, just said, I recognize that voice. Are you Larry Gelworks? Are you the travel guy? I had the nicest conversation with Lisa and her family. So thank you, Lisa. That was several weeks ago. We were taking the Heber Creeper train ride with some of our grandchildren that day and went to dinner up there. So lots of fun. Um, I, of course, being a man of intense physical fitness with this chiseled muscular body that I have. I wish I could be looking at you now. You're too far away. But Thank anyway, you very I, much. I would have my comments. I, I won't be after all the pizza and pasta that I've been eating. <laughs> But doesn't it seem like you can get your steps in if you simply go to the airport? Mm-hmm. I mean, the walks from gates or check-in seem to be getting longer and longer. It's a hike. And you have to hike yeah, inside the airport. This is not by accident. Larry Summers, former Clinton Treasury Secretary and Obama's chief economic advisor and now Harvard president, said that the newer airport terminals are less convenient to use thanks to all the long walks, and people wonder why that's the case. Well, the answer is simple economics, but to see that, you have to be aware of the details of how terminals are financed and how airport revenue agreements work. When an airport authority brings in private companies to help finance the construction, one of the primary ways is through concessions. They're going to rent out space to retail shops. 
Now, the long walks are frequently designed to accommodate more shopping with more retail space in the terminal. Airports do not want passengers skipping shops. Certainly, some of the long walks are due to the increase in the number of terminals, mm-hmm. but shopping's a part of it. Now, this this um, whole approach or principle is not limited only to large new construction airports. DFW and O'Hare, that's Dallas and Chicago, have removed many of their moving walkways that used to assist you in getting from gate to gate. Uh, Dallas alone spent over $1 million to pull them out. Why? Because when people are on the moving walkway, they skip all the shops Mm -hmm. along the way. And, of course, how many times have you at international airports have you gone, you've checked in, you've gone through passport control, but you have to walk the gauntlet through the gift shops, the (laughs) duty-free shops, before you get to any of the gates? Yeah. It's I don't know. It's, it's, it looks uh, like the avenue of temptation because yeah. you have to go through those places. Let me let me know? yeah. So, let me give you some examples. I just pulled up now. This are from the furthest gates away. In Salt Lake City, it's a beautiful airport. The biggest criticism I say we get. I sit on the Air Services Board. At the, that's not the Board of Directors. Air Services Board at Salt Lake City is a group of us that uh, are charged with attracting new airlines and new routes from existing airlines. I am sworn to secrecy, but we are working with some airlines on adding some new nonstop routes uh, to Salt Lake City. Is that for international flights as well? <coughs> and domestic. And domestic. Yeah. Anyway, in Salt Lake City, the going from... Furthest gate to furthest gate is two-thirds of a mile. And yet you, right now you have to walk on that tunnel. That's the biggest criticism. One of the considerations that we've discussed is having like a little train track mm-hmm. or a moving walkway. There's no shops down there. Like in the Atlanta. Or the so I came up with a very clever idea. Brilliant, <laughs> really? people said. Brilliant, which it would, of course, be expected. That... If you want to reduce the travel time going through the tunnel to the B concourse, speed up the moving walkway to about 50 miles an hour. And then at the end, it catapults you up the escalator and you land in a beanbag. Wonderful. Wonderful idea, Larry. Where did you come up with that? In Rome? Uh, you know, yeah, after a few drinks in Rome. Well, here, here's some. I How about that. this one? You've been to Denver, DIA, Denver International, yes, I which have. I think is Wyoming International. <laughs> yeah. uh, to get to Concourse B, again, this is from the furthest gate to the furthest gate, like you're changing planes. Two-thirds of a mile. <laughs> Seattle, from the far end of Terminal A to the end of Terminal D, seven-tenths or three, uh, three and a half, uh, seven-tenths of a mile. Now, here's where it gets good. Chicago O'Hare, over one mile. <laughs> oh, <no>. Minneapolis, <laughs> over one mile. But we're just warming up. LAX, one and a quarter mile. That would be from gate 159 in the Bradley International mm-hmm. Terminal to the United's gate 88 in Terminal 8. 
one and a quarter mile. But we're still just warming up because the granddaddy of them all, the grand prize goes to the Beijing China Airport. From the furthest gate to the furthest gate is a two-mile walk. <laughs> well, you know, Larry, if you go to so many restaurants, I think that walking a little bit when you change from airport to airport is going to be okay you for you. Are you shaming me? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm just making a comment. I'm, I am I cannot see you today, so I, you're okay. too far away. I know, I know. <clears throat> Yeah, it is uh, disgusting. I mean, even even here in Salt Lake City, is a problem. What about the people that cannot that cannot walk? They have to be in a wheelchair. Somebody has to pull the wheelchair. You know, push the wheelchair. So that's that's absolutely correct. Hey, we're talking about the Holy Land where I was a week ago, and some of the questions that I often get asked there. Why do some observant Jews wear beards and side locks? Well, beards are worn in keeping with a biblical injunction in Leviticus chapter 19. Neither shalt thou mar the corners of thy beard. Now, Jewish law does permit the use of scissors and clippers to trim it, but Mm -hmm. not to cut it off or shave it off. But many Jews, especially those of the Hasidic sects, will not trim the side locks. They're called a peyote. Mm-hmm. So, and they look like they've been curled. Do you know why they look that way? No. Because they have been curled. They'll actually put, now they could hang down to your chest or something, but they'll put them in curlers so it's a much shorter one. Even children, I've seen, you know, three-year-olds with these peyotes. And uh, there's different styles, um, in Hasidic sex or Haredim, but that is in keeping with Leviticus chapter 19. Now, the other question I often get is, why do some observant Jews sway when they pray? The custom of swaying or shuckling in Yiddish when praying is an old tradition, and uh, the it dates back to Proverbs chapter 20, where the light of a candle flickers and waves in harmony with the Torah. And so praying, this is one tradition, that it, it represents the flickering of a candlelight, which is the light of the Lord. All this and more on The Travel Show. Ciao, da Roma. Greetings and hello from Rome. Yes, that's where I am today. Larry Gelwick's the getaway guru who has gotten away again. And we have a wonderful group, 400 of them, uh, radio listeners on a three days we're spending in Rome and then a 12-day Mediterranean cruise that'll take us to Cyprus and Naples, Italy, to Greece, Turkey, and to uh, Israel. Three days we'll spend there. These are just incredibly nice people. Now, I'm joined by Carlos Fida, the Argentinian gaucho and director of Latin American sales for Morris Columbus Travel. Carlos, Feliz Navidad. Uh, You have some problems today. What do you mean, Navidad? It's May, and I'm wishing you Merry Christmas. Hey, you should say say something like... um, 
Happy Labor Day for the past few days. No, 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 no. It's Feliz Navidad. We're going to talk about Christmas and a very special reason. And so um, I love Christmas. Everything about it, Christmas traditions that we have as a family, and we eat too much. It's about the only time of the year that I eat candy. And I love C's chocolates. And, you know, we have a tradition. Is that a hint? Yes, you should give me some. We have a family tradition. You know, growing up in San Francisco, we weren't poor, poor, but we didn't have a lot of money. And we couldn't afford C's chocolates. We got the cheap Hershey's chocolate. Not that Ghirardelli. Yeah, not. Or the Ghirardelli. But every Christmas, we'd go with my mother, and we'd go as a family, and we'd pick out usually a two-pound box. And we kids, we each got to pick some of our favorites. I do that now with my children that every Christmas, and they look forward to it, and they're bringing their grandchildren. We buy every one of our kids a box. They get to pick the box of C's chocolates. Um, you know, there's so many wonderful things about Christmas. Um, you know the uh, poem, A Night Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Night Before Christmas. That was written, uh, it's an 1823 poem that was originally entitled A Visit from St. Nicholas. And they introduced Santa's eight reindeer. And Rudolph was not one of them. Dasher and Dancer, Prancer and Vixen, Comet, Cupid, Donner, and Blitzen. Well, it was in 1844 that the names of two of the reindeer were changed. Uh, What is now Donner was originally Donder, (laughs) D-O-N-D-E-R. And it was changed in 1844 to Donner. And the uh, Blitzen's original name was Blixem, B-L-I-X-E-M. Those were changes made by uh, Clement Moore, the author, in 1844. Rudolph didn't show up till 1939, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and it was introduced and made into a song Mm -hmm. in 1949, shortly after World War II. Well, one of the other great Christmas traditions are the Christmas markets of Europe. And where every town, village, hamlet, big city, small city, completely lose their mind at Christmas with outdoor Christmas markets like the Chris Kringle Mart in Germany. And the food. Oh, the food. Well, these Christmas markets are not department store events. (laughs) No. They're outdoor in wooden kiosks bedecked with boughs of evergreens and fir trees. And it's music, it's entertainment, it's dancing, it's food. I have a bratwurst every day uh, when I'm there. And all these other foods and shopping. You know, everything Christmas, from Christmas ornaments to clothing to everything you can imagine. And I'm not a big shopper. I don't enjoy shopping. But Kathy and I were there in December of 2019 for a Christmas market cruise on the Rhine, and I lost my mind. We had to go buy a suitcase for all because <laughs> I bought all my kids and grandkids all these incredibly cool European Christmas gifts. 
Well, I'm venturing back next year, 2024, December 2024, with a Christmas markets on the Danube. Now, we start in Nuremberg, and in my view, Nuremberg is the king of Christmas markets. It's in the old town. Didn't get bombed out during the war. Mm -hmm. Cobblestone streets, these old buildings, and you hear music and uh dancing and everything about it. Have some kuchen and bratwurst, of course. Of course. And uh, they have both leaded and unleaded drinks that you can enjoy. And it's, it's a wonderful event. So listen to this itinerary. We're going to take a Danube River Cruise with Ama Waterways, Deluxe River Cruise Company. We start in Nuremberg and overnight, so we have the ah. extra time. Then to Regensburg, I've been... They have an incredible Christmas market then. Then on to Passau, Milk, Austria, Vienna. Actually, we overnight in Vienna too. And then on to Budapest. We overnight in Budapest. Now, Budapest is kind of a sleeper. It's one of the grandest Christmas markets in all of Europe. I still think Nuremberg is the king. And the, the dates are December 4th to the 11th of 2024. It's eight days, seven nights. I will be your personal host. Now, in addition to the Christmas markets, you see all of the usual and expected sightseeing that you would see any month of the year. Uh, And we're going to have a grand time. And we have some group discounts on this. These prices are lower than if you book with any other travel company or even from Ama Waterways Direct. Rate started just $29.95. And remember, all of your shore excursions are included. Soft drinks, wine, and beer are included with lunch and dinner, so you don't have that expense. Uh, we're going to have a blast, an absolute blast. I hope you'll join me on Christmas Markets of the Danube, December 4th to the 11th, 2024. Rate starting at just $29.95 plus tax. Well, when we come back, I want you to take us on journeys to the ends of the world, one of the most incredible itineraries I've ever seen. And we're going to talk about our favorite places to travel here on The Travel Show. Welcome back to The Travel Show. I'm Larry Gelwix, the getaway guru, joined by Carlos Fida, director of Latin American sales and all-around good guy at Morris Columbus Travel. A question that I'm often asked, Carlos, that I'm going to put to you. Uh, You've traveled the world. I've traveled the world. and We're both continuing to do it. What's your favorite place? To visit? Yeah. Mm, I think that... Well, South America. I like South America. Yeah. I like Peru. It's my favorite country, of course, because of the civilizations and what is there. And, and the surprisingly, food. the food. Yeah, and the food. You know, mostly the food. You know, Lima is the is the gourmet capital of South America. That tells you all. Do you love Patagonia? And it's not a jacket. <laughs> no, it is not. You can buy one of those. I have two Patagonia jackets. <laughs> yes. Actually, three. <laughs> Well, yes, Patagonia perhaps is the mystic place. I look, 
for me to go to Patagonia, and I have gone every single year except for during the times of COVID, because it's like a pilgrimage. You know, I have lived there for many years. I lived in the Navy for almost five years in Ushuaia. Trying to steal the Falklands. You know, and tried to, no, we were very good friends at the time. You know, Margaret Thatcher was not around, and Reagan was not around, so it was okay. It got along. So, you know, when I'm asked that question, Carlos, I have to answer it with a question. I'm asked this constantly, Larry. You've been everywhere. What's your favorite place? And I said, it depends on the purpose of the trip. Mm-hmm. And for scenic beauty that overloads the senses, French Polynesia, uh, Bora Bora, uh, Nukuhiva, Moorea, Tahiti, for something exotic, exciting, great value, perfectly safe, where I would live, if it weren't for my kids and grandkids, is Thailand. By the way, I'll be in Thailand in June. Not with a group. You don't want to go to Thailand as a group in June. November to June. February is when you want to go. For history, it's difficult to beat Europe in the Middle East. And for adventure, I have two places. One is an African safari during the Great Migration, which is only July, mm-hmm. uh, Ju- July August, September in Kenya. There's nothing like it in the world. And... South America. To me, it's the undiscovered continent. So those are mine. So you've put together a tour that the two of us will be hosting together Mm -hmm. called Journey to the Ends of the World that go to some of your favorite places and mine and a new place to Easter Island. Run me through Journey to the Ends of the World. That's March 2nd to 22nd. 2024. Yes, you know, we, we, we fly to Buenos Aires. You know, that's the beginning of the whole experience that we're going to have there. And there, from there, we go to Patagonia. You know, people say, where, where is Patagonia really? Well, Patagonia is the southern part of Chile and Argentina. Both have different, uh, different landscape. For example, the Chilean side, the clouds that come from the Pacific, you know, hit the mountains and produce the cold that we get on icebergs and huge, huge glaciers on the Argentine side. These glaciers are dripping, dripping from the top of the Andes into lakes, not the sea, lakes. And I will say, uh, having been to the glaciers of South America, they rival anything you'll find in Norway or Alaska. They, They are beautiful. You know, we go to Ushuaia. Ushuaia is the southernmost city in the world. What is there that is so attractive for so many people? What well, I, uh, there's <laughs> what, a couple what? of things. I love the train ride out to Tierra del Fuego. Yes. Uh, the, I mean, it's the southern tip of South America. I also enjoy that it's right there at the Straits of Magellan. The Strait of Magellan is very close, you know, but what we, we do navigate is the Beagle Channel. The Beagle Channel is the channel that has the access to Ushuaia, you know, coming from the Atlantic, the South Atlantic, into Ushuaia. So that is a magic thing. We have one day dedicated just to navigate that channel, see the lighthouse of the ends of the world, as Jules Verne described in his book. And then, of course, we fly to the ice fields of Patagonia, which is El Calafate, that is perhaps one of my favorite places. 
The food is excellent there. Of course, you have choices from steak or from Give me the lamb. Beef. And you go beef. And, you know, I will go. I, I, I'll change my diet there. I will go for lamb. The lamb is delicious, just like in New Zealand or in Scotland or, you know, places like that that are far away. So the other one that I like that we are going to go is cross the Andes to see the Piney National Park. The Piney National Park is one of the most beautiful parks in all of South America. This is a little bit hard for me to say because we have in Argentina some beautiful parks, but this is the place that we go. From there we go to Iguazu Falls. Everybody wants to go to Iguazu Falls. How big are the falls? 275 waterfalls. Waterfalls, you know, in the middle of two national parks, Argentina and Brazil. And then from there to Santiago, Chile, and from Santiago, Chile to Rapa Nui. That's Easter Island, which is part of Chile, but it's really Polynesia. Polynesia. <laughs> it is Polynesia. And you know, they have the Moais, those human-like statues, where much of it is actually underground. You really just see the head, but the base is underground, carved by the Rapa Nui people on the island of Rapa Nui, now known today as Easter Island, between the years 1250 and 1500, and there's no agreement on the purpose or meaning of the Moai statues. You know, Thor Heyerdahl, a former, you know, uh, archaeologist and historian, went there to find out the secret of this ancient civilization. He could not find anything that could be related to anywhere else in Polynesia. That is our tour. So... Be prepared. Now, we have an option at the end. Oh, yes. We have an option to see Cusco and Machu Picchu. It's very interesting. Now we have a direct flight, non-stop flight, a few times a week from Santiago, Chile to, to Cusco. Cusco. which so is we by, can skip Lima. We can skip Lima and do Lima at the end. Well, the dates on this, one-of-a-kind tour. I've never seen anything like it. Journey to the ends of the world, March 2nd to the 22nd. We are going to keep that in a relatively small, manageable group. It's not going to be a herd. And Carlos and I will be your personal hosts and tour guides. You can check out all of the Morris Columbus tours, including the ones that I'm hosting, the ones that Carlos are hosting, and our other fine tour guides at morriscolumbus.com. That's morriscolumbus.com. Scroll down and click on escorted vacations, and then pick the geographic area that you want. Well, your favorite area is Latin America, South America. I told you mine is Thailand. Uh, I would seriously live there if it weren't for my kids and grandkids. Uh, There is a calm, there is a peace, there's a serenity about Thailand that you don't get in the other Southeast Asian countries. The food is fantastic. It's a very good value. And it's the people that are so accommodating. Now, they don't shake hands there. I guess if you put your hand out, they probably would. But imagine your hands coming together uh, at your upper chest and below your chin in a prayer uh, Mm -hmm. mode. They're put together like you see praying. And bow. Yeah, and they will bow down, Saudi, Saudi cop, uh, greeting. Uh, and, you know, that's how people greet on the street, in business, at home, at school, 
Everywhere you go, there's a bow and the hands clasped together as a sign of respect. Well, years ago, when our kids were still at home, I told them about this and suggested that that is how they should start greeting me. You tried to talk us in the office, too. Yeah, I was (laughs) very touched uh, by their response. Dad, you're so dumb. Dad, that's so stupid. You know, Dad, can we watch television now? Great to see you, Have you taken your kids to Some of my children, let's see, uh, three of our five children have been to Thailand. And I'll get the others there. And what about the grandchildren? They're not coming yet. up. Not, They're not, a little yet. Young. not yet. Although my eldest granddaughter is graduating from high school in Chicago uh, this year. She'd be old enough to go. Well, every year I take a group to Thailand. And I keep it to 36 people. Um, it's a small, intimate group with a deep dive into culture into food, into local people, doing all the usual expected things like visit the Grand Palace, uh, Wat Po, the famous temple of the reclining Buddha, the night markets, all of those things. But then we add unusual things. I've told you before about going sea kayaking in the Pangong Bay off the island of Phuket. And not to worry because there's two people in a canoe And it's calm water. It's a bay. And we go into these rock formations. But every uh, canoe also has a local guide who does all the paddling. We go out on a chartered big boat and then drop anchor about 100 feet off the island. And these islands are so incredible because many of them are hollow in the middle. You go through a tunnel, and they're hollow all the way to the sky. Are they like a volcano? Well, that type, they're not volcanoes, but they're that concept where there's a cone that, and it's full of water. So we glide around the interior. And some of the islands have tropical birds or monkeys. It's, it, it's the most fantastic thing. We do a true elephant safari about 45 minutes up in the Chengdao Valley, which is in the foothills of the Himalayas. Uh, so many things that uh, I'd love to have you come with me. Now, the dates on this one as we leave the United States, the evening of January 5th. That is the perfect weather. You come back on January 18th, come back to the U.S., the 18th, and already it's over half sold out. It typically sells out six, seven, eight, even nine months in advance. It's over half sold out. Right now, because I keep it just to 36 people. I'd love to have you join me. I have people say this was the finest trip they've ever been on. You can get all the details of Larry's Thailand and the legends of Siam at our website, morriscolumbus.com, morriscolumbus.com, and click on Escorted Vacations, then click on Asia, January 5th to the 18th. And by the way, We have an option afterwards to go up for three days to Angkor Wat, Cambodia. And I there, too, will be your personal host and tour guide. We've got more on today's travel show.
Welcome back to The Travel Show. I'm Larry Gelwicks, the getaway guru, joined by Carlos Fida, Director of Latin American Sales at Morris Columbus Travel. And may I just say on behalf of Carlos back in Salt Lake City, I'm in Rome, Italy today, how much we appreciate you that you uh, spend the weekend with us uh, and the travel show. You know, we get so many positive comments from you that people say, some say I'm addicted to the travel show, but whether you're uh, in and out or addicted, we are appreciative. Without you, we don't have a show. And this is my 31st year as, as a host of the travel show. Want to invite you to join me on my YouTube travel channel, youtube.com forward slash getaway guru. That's youtube.com forward slash getaway guru. And for our listeners in Salt Lake City, keeping in mind we're on 19 stations throughout the Intermountain West, Texas, and Florida, you know, Carlos, we actually broadcast from the Rocky Mountains to the Atlantic Ocean. Amazing. Isn't that fun? Yes. And with a wonderful group of travel show listeners. But for those of you in the greater Salt Lake area that may be using Salt Lake City, our hometown, uh, for parking, we recommend Park and Jet. Now, there are three off-airport parking lots. Nothing wrong with any of them. But mm-hmm. we like Park and Jet because it is the only locally owned airport parking facility. Uh, it, the people they employ and the money they pay stay here in the great state of Utah. And we can tell you how to hook up a 20% discount. Simply go to the Morris Columbus website, morriscolumbus.com. That's morriscolumbus.com. Scroll down and click on Salt Lake Airport parking discounts. Print out the coupon. But we also have an insider secret. If you forget to print out the coupon, just tell them you want the 20% Morris Columbus discount when you drive out of the airport. I also want to remind you that, I don't know, for the last 14 or 15 years, I appear on the new news of uh, KUTV Channel 2, the CBS affiliate for Utah and southern Idaho and even eastern Nevada and western Wyoming. Uh, broadcast in all of these areas. Kind of an interesting thing. It's not a commercial, but I actually give a travel report like a TV reporter. Mm-hmm. And pre-pandemic, I would go into the studio and they're all dressed in their nice suits and dresses. I would wear the loudest Aloha shirt oh, no. I could possibly find. <laughs> it's branding. People would recognize that Aloha shirt that I wore. Now, again, I've been doing it for a good 15 years. Well, when the pandemic hit. They look like 15 years. Thank you very much. Uh, When the pandemic hit to reduce traffic or foot traffic in the studio, they said, Larry, videotape the travel report. It's called The Getaway Guru. And it's about two minutes in length. And it's all travel news. It is not a commercial. Maybe some passport information, uh, great websites, uh, airline policies, your rights as an airline passenger. You have federally protected rights. The airlines are not obligated to tell you 
that you have these rights, but I will. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they said, just videotape it and send it in. So I did that. You know, the pandemic's kind of in our rearview mirror right now. And they said, okay, Larry, you can come back in the studio. And I said, no, no, thanks. I like the freedom uh, as I'm traveling. I'm traveling now so much. Uh, go while you can, do it while you can is my philosophy. That I can be anywhere in the world. And the last segment was filmed in Israel. Um, I'll have one in. It's on Monday between 12 and 1, usually about 12.45, sometimes at 12.15, but usually they put it on about 12.45. Everybody asks me, Larry, you're in a different country almost every week. Is that a green screen behind you? No, I've never used a green screen. What you see is where I am, and I always tell you where I am. So, hey, lots of fun, but join me Mondays on KUTV Channel 2 in Utah, Southern Idaho. Uh, Tune in, well, you watch all the news, but I come on between 1240 and 1250. And a final reminder of a free Alaska cruise giveaway, courtesy of Destinations Inn and the Black Swan Inn in Pocatello and Idaho Falls, Wonderful, small, boutique-themed uh, hotels. You know, they got Alaska, and they've got uh, South Pacific Tahiti, and Egypt, and Japan. All these themed rooms. The rooms are quite large. Uh, anyway, they are sponsoring in conjunction with KID Radio in Idaho Falls and the Travel Show. Uh, a free Alaska cruise giveaway to join me on my Alaska cruise, August 12th to the 19th. Now, if you're listening to KID, you can pick up cues during the week. But if you're outside their broadcast footprint, simply go to KID Radio at their website, KIDnewsradio.com. That's KIDnewsradio.com. And enter to win a free cruise. Somebody's going to win it. And it may as well be you. Well, we'll say goodbye from Rome next week. I'll be in Israel. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.